Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Vaya con Dios, amigo. What's that mean? Go with God. You're listening to The Rock God Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Rock God Podcast, the only podcast that talks to rock and heavy metal musicians and artists about their thoughts or opinions about God. I'm your host, David Locklear, the owner and head writer at heavy-vinyl.com. Today we are talking to Ole, the vocalist for the band Mantric. Mantric is a rock band out of Oslo, Norway. Their core members, Tor, who does rhythm guitar, vocals, and percussion, Ole, who also does vocals and lead guitar, John on bass, they started creating music together in the 90s. They began their career in the band Lingsoul at the height of the black metal era, then played in the Millennium Death Metal band Extol, until finally regrouping as Mantric in 2007, a rock-oriented group with a progressive metal edge. Mantric released their debut album Descent in 2010, followed by Sin in 2015. The band's new album, False Negative, expands the metal genre while maintaining its grit, incorporating synths and cleaner vocals with aggressive instrumentation. So today, one of the things that we talked to Ole about was how the first time I interviewed him, we had some serious technical difficulties in which you couldn't hear the questions I was asking and he sounded like he was just speaking into the wind. So thankfully, he was gracious enough to reset the appointment, talk to us again, and we managed to talk about many of the same things that we covered the first time, only a little bit more in-depth the second time. So here he is, Ole from Mantric.
frustrated to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there we go. I th- it it appears to be picking you up. It it when you speak, it's giving me the prompt, and mine seems to be doing the same thing. So all right, yeah, cool. here's, we'll we'll pray that this is going right. You know, like last time, my I don't know, my spidey senses were going off. Like something felt off, but I didn't really. I was like, eh, it's probably nothing. It's fine. And yep, like, as soon as yeah. I got off the phone with you, and I'm listening back, I hear all of your answers and it sounds like you're you're just a crazy person talking into the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Might be weird as a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking to the voice. All right. Voice yeah. Head. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you talking to me again. Uh, so yes, now we're we're good to go. So sure. I'm just a little paranoid after last time. I'm like <laughs> it is still working, right? Um Yeah, it seems to be fine. Okay. Well, how are you doing, man? Yeah. I'm fine. Thanks. Good. Well, talk to me uh, about the new album. You talked to me uh, a little bit about it last time. Actually, I don't think we really talked too much about uh, the album. We talked a little bit about it, but I think we we more uh, chatted, you know, straight religion talk seemed like on the last one. Yeah. So the album, right? False Negative? Yes, sir. Um, Where does that title come from? Uh, it's it's some medical term. Tor Tormagna. He's actually a nurse, so he picked it up uh, sometime at jo- at his work, I guess. And it, it, we just I don't know what it was about it. It's something about just the vibe to it, and like the concept of thinking you are well, thinking you are doing fine. And then later you find out it's not like that. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something about that appealed to us in some kind of weird way. We don't always have these clear answers why we choose the titles and <laughs> or uh, artwork or whatever. Sometimes it's just it's uh, about a vibe. And, and an atmosphere to it, some associations. It's, yeah, it's a bit as abstract, I guess. Okay, so it's not like you you went into this going, okay, we have this overarching theme, and now we have to sum it up with one specific title for this album kind of thing. You're like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's more like that, yeah. <laughs> We're not structured enough <laughs> to do that kind of things. Like a concept album, so it will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, when I was younger, I was enamored with uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Uh, you know, it's still one of my favorite albums, but I, uh, as a writer, I started trying to write my own, I guess, concept album, mm. as it were. You know, not really music, just a you know an overarching theme about insanity and whatnot. I was aping off of what they were doing. And I think I got about one poem in. And I was like, yeah. fuck this, I am done. That That's hard work. <laughs> yeah, it is. Definitely. So for us, it's more like we're making like 10 songs and, and then, okay, got to put them together and, and find something that might include it all, sum it up in some way, but not like a straight line, not like a, yeah, not like a concept from the start. We would never <laughs> be able to do that, at least not these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a I mean just writing a typical album is is pretty difficult, I would imagine. Yeah. 
what they're uh, well tell me some you mentioned the artwork tell me a little bit about the artwork you've got uh, the pictures of uh of sheep eating from a, a hay bale that's on fire that's a pretty striking image <laughs> yeah it is isn't it uh, that's kind of the same answer that on the the uh, previous question because it, it was something tor found on the internet he just searching all these uh, websites, just looking for cool images. And, okay, we found it. <laughs> this is weird. This is cool. This is this has some, some strange vibe to it that we all like. We don't know why, and we have no good uh, explanation for why it's, uh, it should be this artwork. But as often how it works with us. That's Oh, my. See, that's really funny because... You're telling me it was kind of arbitrary, and you know when I was looking at it, I was kind of assigning you know concepts behind it. I'm like, oh, is it sort of supposed to be the idea that you know the world's burning down and we're still gorging ourselves and things like that? And I, I love that you're like, nah, it was just cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it it also it fits with the with the album title as well. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> think they're they, they think they're fine. They don't see <laughs> that it, the whole thing is on fire, you know. <laughs> That's uh, so. At least it fits with the tit- album title, <laughs> right? Yeah. Other yeah. than that, it's just cool. <laughs> well, talking about some of the the themes on the on the actual album, some of the lyrics. The last time I talked to you, we we mentioned you. I talked to you about itching soul, uh, mm. and you said that that was the one that uh, you wrote. Yeah, I wrote that one. Yeah, yeah, I really like the uh, the sound, and I like the the sort of bleak vibe behind it. And you know, what was the what was the thing that really inspired that song for you? Pretty much always, kind of hard to explain what inspired it. It was it's a kind of an attempt to describe this longing for something real. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm maybe inspired by too many hours in front of the computer or something. Uh, but it's this longing for reality, this longing for something not just superficial, plastic, uh, photoshopped reality that we often find on social media and so on. Um, and it's also a bit inspired by, uh, I mean, sometimes I, I get tempted to click onto this uh, comment section on different uh, oh. web newspapers and such, and also just by Facebook or whatever, and uh, all that anger, all that hatred, and I mean, reading what people actually say to each other uh, on the web sitting behind their computers and it's like it's like you can sense some the loneliness behind these words and, and like the sadness and the anger and the bitterness and all that and it's it's kind of what I'm trying to describe in a way uh, as well it's just, it's a weird... 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Weird reality to live in. I mean, no one would say that face-to-face to a person mm-hmm. that they actually talked to and tried to, or lived next to, or whatever. It's so, it's this weird reality yeah. that is on the internet and the comment sections and social media and all that. It's so far away from, like, the real world. Yeah. 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 And so much of what you see is is very venomous in those comment yeah. sections. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, uh, I mean, you should never go into this comment section. So you always feel like shit afterwards. It, it's, you just get depressed and think, what is happening to the world? But, you know, it's not representative as well you always have to remember that this is not this is not reality yeah <laughs> this is this is not how people in general are they are not so hateful and and uh, bitter and yeah, venomous mm-hmm. yeah i think a lot of people they get the uh, a strange amount of courage when they can be anonymous behind a computer screen. Uh, sort of the same way that some people get mm. very brave when they have too much to drink. You know, the liquid courage thing. I yeah. feel like that's almost uh, one and the same. Yeah. yeah and, and, and it's this distance. You don't relate to these other people participating in that comment section as people. It's like when I, when I, when you drive a car, at least with me, I can get really annoyed <laughs> driving too. behind behind someone who's driving uh, 10 kilometers below the speed limit or whatever. And I kind of, I just, it's just a driver. It's just a car. So I mm-hmm. think they're really, this is such a, what an idiot. <laughs> but if I, but if I knew that it was my grandmother driving mm-hmm. that car, I would never th- think the same things because uh, I would know that she was anxious. It was really important for her. It meant a lot to her being able to drive a car. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't sit in my car thinking to myself that you should, yeah, should never get a driver's license and you should stay back home. If I knew the person that was sitting in that car, and it's—I I think it's maybe something about that distance. You don't actually treat people on the internet like human beings the same way, like you would did you would do it to someone you knew or met face to face. Yeah, I, because yeah, what you said makes a lot of sense. The idea that when you're on the road, that's not a person; it's a car. And yeah, it is. It is. It's like it's you're stupid. getting mad at the car. Yeah, it's really, really stupid. <laughs> What's I funny is I've really gotten good about 
when I was younger, I would yell, you know, when I got annoyed, you know, Oh, come on, you prick, blah, blah, blah. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. When, when you have kids, you realize you have to tone that way down. Oh yeah. Uh, but I think they still pick up on it. I think I'll be driving and I'll be like, all right, man, <laughs> you know, yeah. and they'll start yeah. laughing. I'm, I'm making this, this annoyed noises, not even words. It's, <clears throat> It's just, uh, and I know, okay, he's really annoyed, <laughs> even though he doesn't say it. Yeah, when you yeah. when you start getting the tone and you do yeah, the, yeah. the noise, like you yeah. said, the whole, mm, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Man. Well, uh, so you, you were mentioning your grandmother. I'm just curious, uh, do you have grandparents who are still alive? No. My my uh, the the last one passed away like two years ago or something. Oh, was a grandmother. Yeah, right, right. She right. was awesome. How old was she? No, uh, she was she was like eighty five or something. Okay, so she had a pretty mm. good run. Yeah, and she just and she was uh, to me she's an inspiration because she never stopped um, challenging herself. Mm-hmm. When she was like eighty, she could. She loved hanging around with younger people. Uh, and when she was eighty, she could come like, I, I've learned something new about myself. I want to work on this. <laughs> I finally found out why I was always angry and that when you were kids and all that, you know, because I was always so tired. And she, she never, she didn't. Um, she didn't, I, I mean, a lot of people seem to stagnate when they hit like 50 or something mm-hmm. and then they're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but to me, it seems like that. Some, some people, uh, and I really don't want to do that. I don't yeah. have many years left. If I should stagnate then. So, and she was like, she got a driver's license when she was uh, 65 or something. For the first time. Wow. And then she started traveling to Italy and she'd never been out of Scandinavia before that. So she was a cool old lady. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Did she did she get into your music or was it a little too much for her? No, she was actually, because she had, <laughs> this is quite weird, but uh, I have an uncle that's one year younger than me. <laughs> that she, <laughs> so she, that she had when she was like forty-five or something, and he he so he's like my friend, my same age, and he was listening to. So it was just the two of them for many years. When he was a teenager, it was just those two, and he was listening to all kinds of crazy music. She she actually got used to quite a. <laughs> All sorts of things, at least uh, like for women on her age, uh, yeah, she got tough. Yeah, yeah. It was she a, a religious person? Yeah, she was. Yeah did did she have any kind of influence on your belief systems? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it was like directly. Um, but in some way or another, uh, she definitely had. Um, but I, because uh, my, my father 
which was uh, her son, he 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 grew up in a Christian home because she she became a Christian when she was like thirty or something. Um, so he grew up with that, even though it was some all kinds of crazy things going on. So they, she wasn't allowed to uh, baptize her children uh, until I think my father was 12 or something before she was allowed because they were born outside of marriage and all kinds of rules. Uh, oh, yeah. Them. In a church that is normally they baptize the babies. Um, but still... Uh, so my father was a Christian, and both my parents. Um, so that's what I grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said she converted when she was thirty. What do you know? What mm. the the catalyst for that was? Um, I have to think. It, it was just some. Uh, she's she had a rough life she had went through a lot at a young age and i don't know she just said she started going started going to this church with this priest that she could actually talk to and she didn't feel condemned and she felt welcome and she kind of learned that what she had done in her life it's it uh, didn't change how God viewed her in a way so she felt loved mm-hmm. even though she, she, it was a scandalous uh, situation that she had been in but uh, she met that in church actually that she was not condemned she was good enough and there was Love for her. I think that meant a great deal to her in her situation. Yeah. 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 Well, it's it's amazing how much a gentle approach can really help somebody feel so much more at ease uh, about yeah. you know any kind of situation that they're in because it's like man, condemnation is just so it, it's it, it's like being beaten, you know, yeah. mentally. And, and, you know, so it's, you know, it's almost like being a beaten dog in a way that's like you, you don't you get to a point where you probably don't even feel like attempting to mm. be embraced or loved by somebody else. Uh, so that's great. She found that. Yeah, definitely. Well, you said she was in something scandalous. Is that something you can elaborate on as to what happened to her? No, no that was just uh, this affair. This older man who was married, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I know it's, it was a huge like family secret. My father didn't know until he was like forty-five or something that he spent his first year uh, alive at a uh, at a child child care uh, as a home for children. Oh, yeah, like an orphanage in a way? Like an orphanage, yeah, like an orphanage. And that, like, being at an orphanage the first year of your life in the 50s, uh, that might explain a few things. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. (laughs) I mean, good night. So, I mean, so he didn't know until he was, like, 40. 
if I Man, that must have really blown his mind (laughs) when he found that out, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it was a hidden family secret for so many years. Mm. Uh, Well, he's talking about family secrets. Like one of ours that we bumped into several years ago was my grandfather. We we are not 100% sure, but when he was kind of on his, he was on his deathbed, he was not all, all there. Uh, and mm. somebody heard him mention something about robbing a bank. And we're, <laughs> oh, we're, <man. laughs> we've all kind of wondered about that since. Like, you know, was he Jesse James or something in a life we didn't know about? <laughs> But you never got to know what what it was about. No, no one knows that he just he mentioned it while he was sort of in a, a delirious state about robbing a bank, and everybody's just like, "Do you know anything about this?" No, <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> That's exciting. So it's like either you know, yeah, either he you know was just crazy and it was you know his head wasn't thinking correctly, or or he yeah. kept a really good secret, and that's yeah. pretty exciting to think about. <laughs> Yeah, and then, and I mean that generation, it might have happened because they they did that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. He grew someone up in the Dillinger adopted. era, you know. Yeah, they just buried stuff. And if someone was adopted, it was such a shame that they didn't ever get to know who their real parents was, and all all this kind of things that weren't allowed to talk about, just pretend it never happened. So I mean anything in mm-hmm. that generation you never know oh yeah yeah there's in so many of them i think dealt with it with alcohol and whatnot i mean that generation is sort of known for being heavy duty drinkers yeah, yeah it, 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 i'm sure that that was definitely the medicine of choice if you couldn't talk about this kind of stuff and you knew it was there and it was eating you away you had to deal with it somehow i'm sure yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> Well, our, um, let me switch back over to the talking about the band for a second. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission at u.s customs and border protection we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore air to ground cities to local communities cbp agents and officers are keeping people safe Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Before, before we spill all of our family secrets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some things might <laughs> stay in the family. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, uh, you guys, uh, you're, you've been uh, together working as musicians since the uh, the 90s. Yeah. Um, so you, but, uh, I think the last time we spoke, you said you guys got together when you were, uh, teenagers. Yeah. I, I mean, we got to know each other when I moved to this, uh, small village in Southern Norway when I was 11 
and I got in the same class as uh, Thor and John. So we got to know each other then. And when we were like 13, 14, um, we just had to form a band. We had just had to grow our hair long, buy some leather jackets and uh, buy some instruments. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> did you know how to play or did you just say, we're going to buy instruments and we'll figure it out later? No, we had no idea. <laughs> I, I had a guitar that I, I got from my father, so I was the first one with a guitar. I knew a tiny bit, um, but the others never touched guitar or bass or whatever before deciding we got to start a band. <laughs> so it sounds like you did it because you knew it was cool. Yeah, we knew it was cool, and, and we it was... When we discovered like metal for real, I mean, we we had been listening to some metal, like ACDC and Metallica and all that um, earlier on, but we got like really hooked on metal when we discovered thrash metal and harder metal, and uh, so we just had to form a band. Because it was <laughs> suddenly such a big deal to us. Yeah. What was one of the what was the first real thrash band that uh, you found yourself really getting into and graduating into harder and heavier stuff? Well, I I think it was it was my old sister that uh, got to borrow these cassette tapes, copied once. <laughs> From a friend, and, and it was a lot of this early '90s, this uh, Christian bands uh, like Jesus Ride and uh, Believer, Tourniquet, and um, I think that was Sacrament. That was the, the first bands that we just sat around the cassette player, uh, just with open mouths and what is this this is crazy and it, what is christian bands <laughs> and this is yeah and first we at first we were just laughing i mean because it, it was it just sounded wild in some way but when we listened to it over and over and things started to make sense and we could recognize these riffs and the grooves and all, and then it was done. We were there. <laughs> yeah, it's like there was no turning back. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome that you got into Christian bands, like Christian metal bands at the beginning, because it was, for me, it was very, it was pretty tricky to come across. They, uh, it, you know, a mm. lot of the stuff that was carried around here was just, you know, the straight up heavy metal, but... I'd have to go to, you know, like these little bookstores and, you know, I'd have to look through their very, very limited selection of metal and have to, you know, hey, can you order this for me? And uh, it was a, it, you had to put effort in to get this stuff. And I I feel like I, I appreciated it a lot more back then because of all the effort I had to put into it. Yeah, yeah, it was the same for us. I mean, it, probably even harder because there was no record store where we lived mm. and we could go to the closest city and, and uh, sometimes 
they could order stuff that we've heard of. But uh, other times, we, we had to order it from the U.S. We were, had, had to go to the bank and um, exchange into dollar bills, put it in an envelope. Oh, <laughs> and send man. It to the U.S. And just hope that uh, it would come a T-shirt or a, a cassette or whatever in return. <laughs> sometimes it did and sometimes it didn't. Oh, <laughs> so, man. So it was, uh, it was really cool when that uh, <laughs> letter arrived, when it actually, um, when we got it. Wow. Well, I, I take back my previous rant. Yours was much more difficult. In terms of your journey to get metal than mine was. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) It was a long way. And one of us, like Tor, I think, started to uh, subscribe to, you know, the Heaven's Metal magazine. Yeah. And so so we were reading all this new uh, reviews, discovering new bands, and then we had to get hold of that and check it out. And, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, Heaven's Metal. That's that's a reference I haven't heard in a very long time. That was yeah, that was a niche magazine for sure. <laughs> well, it was really underground. Oh yeah. <laughs> At least where we lived, I mean, in our village, nobody even listened to metal, normal metal, and nobody looked different from anyone else. And uh, so we were like four or five kids <laughs> really into american <laughs> thra- christian thrash and death metal <laughs> that no one ever heard about <laughs> it was cool <laughs> yeah that's like being in your own little club i bet that was awesome yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> now did it freak your parents out because you know you guys must have looked like you know some sort of satanic cult running around being the only ones in your village looking like that yeah i mean people were sh- like shouting to us on the streets and whatever threatened to beat us up and yeah but uh our, actually our parents uh, i mean we didn't drink or uh, do a lot of uh, we, we didn't do any drugs or we were kind of nice guys we attended mm-hmm. school did a homework at least some of it and and I and I know my parents didn't like the motives on the album covers or t-shirts and they mm-hmm. sometimes what is this what mm-hmm. are you wearing I mean what's this, what's the point and and I it helped of course that I sometimes just picked up the to my parents, yeah, you read for yourselves. It's nothing. <laughs> this is from the Bible or whatever, you know. This yeah. is because uh, a lot of those bands had really explicit Christian lyrics. So I mean, they couldn't really um, uh, say anything on that. They couldn't. Yeah, they saw that the the lyrics were actually. Uh, about Jesus and God and all that, and, and uh, so they, yeah kind of accepted it yeah yeah it was just they were like well I, I can't be too mad at you or i can't be too condemning of this because of the kind of crazy pictures that are on the covers yeah because those always got to my mom too she did she never yeah. liked the artwork on any of the albums i listened to 
it was it, it was always she would what did she say oh yeah she was always like well i hope this isn't messing your head up <laughs> that was her big worry <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i mean the music it's uh, of course they didn't understand it it was really far from anything they ever heard before but i mean up to now it's been that for a while i mean they grew up with rock and roll and mm-hmm. all that and then they knew how their parents were reacting to that and that Beatles and Stones were totally crazy <laughs> for their parents <laughs> so I think they probably understood that okay this is just something we don't understand but it doesn't mean it's bad or evil or whatever it's just different yeah 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 I, I know that I've uh been trying to explain to my oldest daughter she was asking why people thought that you know stuff like elvis presley when we hear that on come on the radio like why were people so angry about this kind of music and yeah. I, well it never been heard before so <laughs> this was crazy <laughs> stuff <laughs> it is really hard to understand <laughs> for our generation i mean and i mean for my kids i think nothing will shock them Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, uh, whatever they come up with, uh, like music-wise, it might be something that I don't like, but it's not—it's not going to shock me mm-hmm. in any way. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. I think I might, at the most, become one of those parents that's just like, "All right, I don't get it, but it, I guess that's just the way it is." Yeah. I think it sucks, but okay, (laughs) no choice. (laughs) Got some better better stuff for you, but (laughs) but I'm old, I know. (laughs) Well, I think that's the responsibility of the older generation is to tell the younger generation their stuff sucks. You know, that's a time-honored tradition. (laughs) It is. (laughs) That's how it should be. (laughs) Well, uh, let's see. I was, um, I forgot what else I was going to ask you. Oh, it was about the album. Uh, oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about what what made the sound of this album uh, become... It, it's it's much... I wouldn't say much different, but it's very distinct in its sound from uh, the previous album, Sin. Yeah. Uh, what was the... I don't know. What what was the inspiration behind that? What made you guys want to add you know these sort of synth sounds and it, and, and it feels a little more for lack of a better word, accessible than mm. uh, your your previous output. It was that something that was on purpose? Yeah, not that it's... We wanted to do something a bit more straightforward when it comes to, like, uh, time signatures and all that. Uh, and, like compose in a way that we haven't done before um, and I think that like the final the sound that the album got uh, um, it, it has a lot to do with Thor Magna Thor because uh, he's been working a lot on uh, the production and with all his synths and a uh, lot of the vocals and all that. He's been working on the material for a longer time. 
he's been refining it a lot more this time around than we did last time. So I guess uh, the sound and production has got a lot to Even though we, we made kind of the uh, more straightforward material in the first place, uh, then he just continued working on the, like the first um, ideas and uh, just yeah it's you can I think you can hear that it's a lot more effort put into the production and the arranging and uh, all that this time and I'm really happy about how it turned out I think he did a great job so this time around, since Tor has got a lot of credit for it, then it's easier, easier for me to brag about it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the album's awesome. Yeah, I'm on it, but uh, I mean, it's not... <laughs> it's him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, that's that's actually kind of nice, I'm sure, to have somebody, uh, you know, carry the load that way, you know, makes it easier on you guys. Yeah, it does. And, and I mean, it's been... We recorded the drums like two years ago. I recorded the drums two years ago. And after that, the rest of the album is recorded at uh, Thor's place. He's got this tiny cabin outside. Uh, so he had the opportunity to work on it. I have to drive for a little more than an hour uh, from where I live to get to his place. And, um, and we... If I put my kids to bed and then drive for a bit more than an hour, and then we have to put all the stuff up and then we maybe work for two or three hours and then I have to go back home, <laughs> mm. getting up getting up early the next day. So I I hadn't had the opportunity to work on it yeah. like you yeah. did either. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's awesome that he put so much into it. Yeah. So that it could turn out like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got a lot of really uh, interesting sounds. For me, uh, I feel like the way that um, Pollyanna, which is the intro track, mm -hmm. is so much different from Every Day is Independence Day. The, yeah. the, their sounds, I mean, it, to me, that almost sums up the album. Is like, this is sort of these, the spectrum of rock music that you're going to get. And uh, I, I like that it sounds experimental comparatively speaking to to your other albums because i always I, I like it when bands try new things even if it doesn't work out just because it's it's never boring it's always going to be interesting yeah and we are totally agree with you on that <laughs> the last thing we want to do is to make something boring or something that sounds like somebody else and that's kind of always been our goals since we like actually learned how to play a little guitar and drums and all that and mm -hmm. making songs uh, since we didn't manage to play anybody else's songs and uh, so it was really early we had this like the artistic vision at least okay we may suck but we if we suck we want to suck in our own way not sounding like anyone else sucks <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> So uh, we've been really bad at this career vision, 
and uh, when it comes to music industry and all that, we we are terrible. <laughs> but but uh, we always that that's always been a clear goal to us: make something. It has to be creative. It has to be something new. If not, then why why should we be in a band? Mm-hmm. There are lots of other good bands out there making creative stuff. If we should sound like any one of them, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like you don't want to fall into the unfortunate pattern that that band Lamb of God has, has seemed to have fallen into, which is they're just kind of, in my opinion, I feel like they're just repeating themselves at this point. And yeah. I, I would love to hear them just do something different because the, I, I just haven't listened to the last couple albums because... I feel like I already own them in a weird way. Yeah, and then I don't see the point. I know uh, career-wise, of course, there's a point. You get to... It's, it's fun. You play, play huge festivals, probably earn some money from music yeah, <laughs> as well. But, but still, I mean, if... Play in a cover band. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of you can play cover songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you've, yeah, that way you've already got the discography set up, and you can just uh, go ahead and play that and make a little cash that way. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that just doesn't seem um, fulfilling. No, no, not to me either. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Well, have you uh, gotten pretty good response to this album? Yeah, we have lots of um, lots of press. That's awesome. Yeah. Interviews and all that. Uh, we've got a great promotional um, company working on the album and working with us now, and. Uh, like the reviews that are coming in, I hope for a lot of more reviews, but the reviews that are out there already are really great. And that's always nice because, I mean, when you had this uh, record in your head for a couple of years, then, okay, I might think it's awesome, but I might be crazy. Mm-hmm. So then it doesn't help if I'm the only person in the world uh, think it's awesome. Uh, so it's so I care about uh, reviews and, and feedback and all that. So that's really nice. Mm-hmm. We've been working a lot on an album, and it's been like five years since our last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, always encouraging. We want to sit down and make another one. <laughs> Yeah. No. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now, since you can't go on the road, I guess it's entirely possible you could, you know, punch another one out, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the right time to sit down, write some more songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard that's what Ozzy Osbourne's doing since he wasn't able to tour and he got sick that he's just like, oh, I'm going to write another album. So, like, apparently we'll get another Ozzy album before the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, if, yeah. If, if you got the inspiration, go for it, you know? 
Yeah, but it'll be exciting to see how many albums will come out in 2021. <laughs> it's going to be like double. <laughs> Everyone sitting home. <laughs> ton of concept <laughs> albums. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's going to be a hard competition to get recognized to the next year. I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right. Everybody's probably doing that right now. It's going to be, yeah, that's... Everybody. That's going to be a good listening year. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) well, Oli, I appreciate your time, man, and uh, you know, congratulations on the the new record. And I, uh, you know, hope it does well. I hope to be able to maybe see you guys if you're able to go out on tour sometime. I'll, uh, I would, I'd love to be able to check you out. So hopefully, this craziness will calm down and we can get back to doing concerts and again. Yeah, we really hope so. Yeah, we'd love to go out. Doing some live shows again would be awesome. Yeah. It's really, and it's been really nice talking to you too, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks for giving me your time twice. <laughs> it, uh, I... <laughs> if, <technic> fa- <laughs> if it fails again, hey, we'll get another chat ne- next week. I know. We'll, we'll be friends by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, take care, brother. I appreciate you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye.
So that's going to do it for another episode of the Rock God Podcast. Make sure you check out Mantric's new album, False Negative, on their Bandcamp page. And you can also go to all their social media, Facebook at Mantric and Instagram at Mantric1. And I want to again thank Ole and all the guys in Mantric for taking a few minutes to talk to me. Make sure you go to heavy-vinyl.com to check out any new vinyl releases that we might have or past episodes of the Rock God podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Heavy Vinyl and Cassettes, Instagram, Heavy Vinyl Records, Twitter, at Vinyl Heavy. Thanks again for listening. Till next time, God bless. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.